0: Grief is universal, healing is universal, and if we don't talk about it, then how how do we heal? How do we keep going, you know? And so that to me is also I think a reason why people want to work with us because it's like, okay, you're not going to just talk about your mountaintop experiences. Anybody can do that, you know? I want to hear from you when you're in the valley <laughs> and you got to look back at the mountaintop. Get ready for brilliant people, brilliant ideas, and a regular good time. This is Brilliant Thoughts with Success People editor Tristan Almada. The show that thinks about how personalities, relationships, and communication shape business success. And now here he is, Tristan Almada.
1: I love talking to people that inspire me to look deeper. And let me tell you, this next guest really did that for me. Had some amazing questions that he asks himself and a process for storytelling that'll impress you. I've got Robert Hartwell with me. He, he may be familiar to you from the discovery channel or HDTV or the own it channel as well. He's got a couple of questions that I want you to think deeper on. One of them is what scares me today? That is a very important question. I I bring that out in the episode a couple of times. And then the second question that really got to me was, did I give up on that younger version of me? Did I give up on that dream that I had when I was younger? And that was pretty powerful. This, This person is amazing at telling stories. He takes you through the process of how to tell your story for your business. Please join me on this one. I thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed it. And I'll be changing up some things in my personal life because of it. This is a powerful one. Welcome back to another episode of Brilliant Thoughts. I've got with me Robert Hartwell. Robert, welcome from New York, man. I love your background.
0: Oh, thank you so much, Tristan. That means so much. Truly. Thank you.
1: It's a colorful, attractive background, and it makes me just, it makes me feel a lot of love, man. So thank you for that.
0: Ah, here's the thing. I have heard that an office building a business is one of the like biggest spiritual practices you'll ever go through <laughs> in your life. And so for me, it's like, okay, well, then this is one of my sanctuaries in life, you know. So it, It has to be filled with love and it has to be filled with color or else like how can I be my most creative, my most like passionate self,
1: you know? We don't think about that enough, man. That's interesting. It's very true. That's very true. All right. are Are you in one of the big high rises or are you just smaller building? Where are you at in New York? So I am
0: from Raleigh, North Carolina. So I'm in, I'm a Southern boy, right? So I've lived here in New York for 13 years now. And in New York, you have to find what's most important to you. So for me, when I was looking for a place, it was space. So I actually live in a small brownstone. There are only They're two stories. So I have the first floor and I live in uptown Manhattan above Harlem in a community called Inwood. And it's a bit of a trek to get up here. You know, you've got like one more stop and then you're technically out of New York City. But for me, what's most important is space and trees. And this space definitely allows me those things.
1: I like that, man. I like that. And look, the, the deeper I dove into finding out more about you, I found that storytelling was a key aspect to, to who you are. So I'd like to know, because I'm waiting for the story aspect, okay? I'd like to know, how, how did you end up on Discovery Plus, HGTV, Own TV? What's What is the journey, man? Because that's just cool to see.
0: Oh, that's so kind to ask. I believe that, you know, one, we've been telling stories since we came out of the womb, (laughs) you know, like (laughs) from your first cry, you're telling a story, you know? And I, when I was seven years old, saw my first play, and it just sparked something inside of me when I was sitting inside of that theater. And there were all of these people running around stage just telling a story, you know, and something lit up inside of me. And it felt like, it felt like I had like come into my body for the first time in my life at seven in that moment. And I just knew, hey, this is what I'm supposed to do with my life, you know? And so my entire Youth and my college experience, everything was totally around theater, theater, theater. What is the basis of theater? Why do people come to the theater? It's because they want to be transported and they want to be transported by a story that takes them out of their current circumstance, right? So I said to myself, this is what I'm going to do with my life. And so I knew that the goal was Broadway. Like, that was it. Like, Broadway or bus, I'm getting there. And so (laughs) I just took every single class that I could, got my BFA in musical theater, and I moved to New York City in 2009, right after graduating. And I immediately got a national tour of Dreamgirls the musical. So I toured the country for a year, and then I moved back to New York City and made my Broadway debut in a musical called Memphis. And every single day, because when you're a Broadway performer, you work six days a week. You have a show Tuesday, Wednesday. Actually, on Wednesday, you have two shows. Thursday, one show. Friday, one show. Two shows on Saturday. Wow. And one show on Sunday. So you're constantly telling stories, right? And there was this moment where I realized that, oh, my goodness, I love this thing however there's something inside of me that knows i desire more and i wanted more free time i wanted more autonomy over my schedule i didn't really like in that profession the idea that a show could close at any moment which was my livelihood you know and here you are at the top of your craft you if you're an actor, there's no higher platform than Broadway, you know? And so I decided to go full-time on entrepreneurship and open up a musical theater education Academy. And it's called the Broadway collective. And we have been open in January. We'll be open for seven years and it's all about storytelling, right? Like whether it is telling a story to a young teenager about how you came out and into your authenticity or how you told your parent or your parents, the idea that you want to pursue a theater degree when they maybe want you to pursue a finance or a law degree. Always, that, right, always. Yeah, always totally. Right. But that the true power of turning someone's mind around on an idea is storytelling. It's not facts and figures. It's when we actually tell the story and, and, <laughs> and commune with people in that way. Right. And yeah. so I, you're asking, and I'm so sorry, I get a little long winded. You're asking, how did I get to the Oprah Winfrey network or HGTV or discovery? Plus it's really just continuing to say yes to that little seven year old boy who said he wanted to tell stories for a living, right? It's like reminding that little boy that it's okay to continue to come out and play, even when truly the pandemic, year two of it really wreaked havoc on my company, you know, because young people didn't want to learn online anymore. And I had an online company. And so, I started to know that it was time for a pivot, you know? And in a pivot, you have to go back to, I think, the place of discovery. And for me, it was the theater, and the theater is storytelling. And so I started to look around, Tristan, at who was asking me for help, and it was the parents, And it was other BIPOC entrepreneurs who were saying, Robert, when you get up at conferences and you tell stories, or when you get up in front of a classroom and you pitch a new program, it feels genuine and it feels like you. How do you do that? And I'm like, oh, you simply tell a story. (laughs) You talk about your life. You talk about the dreams of your client. You talk about the dreams of the families, the wins, the transformations. And so from that, really is how I opened my new company, Strength on Stages, helping entrepreneurs. And it's those stories that garnered the attention of the Oprah Winfrey Network and HGTV and Discovery Plus and the Property Brothers of saying, hey, you have a story to tell and you do it well. Would you be interested in turning that into a television show,
1: you know? Dude. All right. So there's a lot to unpack there because I, I heard some amazing things that you said. I, I'm taking notes here. One of them was continuing to say yes to the little boy that wants to continue to play. That's badass. <laughs> I, I love it because we grow uh, up and we're like, oh yeah, it's we get so caught up in the cycle of routine and making money. It's like we lo- we lose that playfulness, that storytelling aspect to our life. So I loved that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Chris. A question about entrepreneurs because I get to work with some and I want to know how do how does storytelling allow you to be able to grow your business and then how does storytelling become the key aspect to helping entrepreneurs grow?
0: Mm, absolutely. You know, I think there is this idea that storytelling isn't (laughs) a part of someone's marketing funnel, but I truly believe that storytelling is a money generating activity with a extremely high ROI, especially for entrepreneurs that their strengths lie in relationship, right? And especially for entrepreneurs who I believe want to make a big impact not just in your community, but to have a ripple effect. so yeah. what I start off with when I'm talking to entrepreneurs is really just asking them, what is it that you want? you know like really, what is the change that you want to see in your business, and a lot of times people are. They're pretty simple requests. They want more clients. They want more sales. They want, you know, but I do think that those are simple requests when you really think about it, right? Because, okay, you want more clients. Okay. Then we simply need to talk then to more prospective clients. We need to look at our pipeline and see who's currently in there. And if they're not moving, usually it's because they haven't been told, I believe, the story that they need at that moment to move them from stagnation to activation. Or if they're staying in that stagnation place and you are telling them stories, it's not a story that is then activating them. Right? So it's consistently taking I think our <laughs> our egos and placing them aside and seeing if we can first reverse engineer what is it that we want our client to do, right? I'm always asking our our clients that we work with in storytelling, what are you wanting the person on the other side to do, right? Because if it is, I want them to purchase my program or I want them to book a coaching call, why are we then telling the story of the worst day you ever had in your life? That would not inspire, I don't think, someone to action, right? However, when we lead with joy, when we lead with with transformation, when we lead about the power of how we've been able to help other people in the past, there's then this direct connection of, oh, well, if you did it for them, you can do it for me, right? And then we're connecting it back to the place of pain that they're currently in. And what if I sat with you and helped you discover the story that's truly, Tristan, already in you, (laughs) you know? Um, And so it really just comes down to what do you want?
1: Kind of like the notebook. What do you want? What do you, I'm sure you've seen that all, over yes. and
0: over. Yes,
1: <laughs> It's very funny. It's very true and very good. I like that. So then let's take, for example, a TV show that you've worked on where you're tackling on the story aspect of it. So you can connect better with the audience. Where do you start with something like that? Because everyone's got their story. How do you identify what that is that connects?
0: Yeah, I think you start by asking yourself, what scares me today? Because I don't think we're telling the truth as much as we should be. And something that I work with our clients on at Strength on Stages is, are you Coming into the room, or is your representative? And I think many times we bring our representative into the space.
1: <laughs> but it's so good, man. Out, you're taking me through this journey with you right now, and I'm thinking, damn, you're right. How do I show up most of the time? Like the version of what I think people would like, and not judge me on, right?
0: Uh-huh. Yeah. So- but like, that's the safe choice, right? Like that's the safe one versus like, I'm sure after this interview, there's another interview that you have. And then after that interview, there's a marketing meeting that you have. And it's like, although you have a sweet, a C-suite level title, there's still a lot of a juggle that you go through in your position, right? And so many entrepreneurs are under this spell that, okay, once I hit a certain level in my company, I then get to get out or I get to just hand over everything. And it's like at every part of the journey, there is still another part of the juggle that you have to do. And so telling a story about juggling, even when it looks like, hey, (laughs) I'm at Success Magazine, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, but I am still in the process of figuring it out. Because I think so many times when we hit a quote unquote level of success in our companies, then it makes you, it almost gives you this like godlike complex in a way that really, I think sets our clients up for failure because then they believe that when they hit that level, all those problems go away. And it's like, no, new level, new possibilities, you know, and those possibilities, I think (laughs) just consistently require retooling, um, If that makes any sense,
1: (laughs) Uh, new level, new possibilities, new tools are very, very Marcus Aurelius of you. He said something similar in in his journal meditations where he's like, you know, I, I, at every stage, I feel like uh, my old self is dying and Mm. I'm having to show up as my new self. And I need to live up to that. What are the tools, right? Mm -hmm. You just, you just reiterated that. So there you go. That was good. That was sexy, bro. Thank you. Thank you. But like that, you know,
0: when you're asking about TV, right, of how do I know what story to tell, it starts with who's on your team. And we were in development for the TV show that I'm working on right now for a year and a half you know? And there were so many moments where I thought, is this thing really happening? Is the time, like, I feel like it's just taking so long. Trust the process because it, yeah.
1: What TV show is it?
0: Yeah. So I'm working on a TV show called Taking Back the House, which is a show that I'm co-producing with the Oprah Winfrey Network and HGTV right now. And That time allowed us to find the right director, the right showrunner, the right other executive producers to come on. Those people hadn't showed themselves in month two or month four or month eight, you know? It was in the 11th hour when they came through. However, if we would have gone with the green light too soon, I would not have maybe found the right director. And that right director... Creates a supportive space for me to show up to set every day and not bring my representative, but bring the pieces of me that need healing. And a part of that is I ask myself, I'm like, yo, what scares you today? Whether it be financially, what's scaring me around this huge renovation? I'm a single person, you know, I don't have another person that you know, is financially contributing to this. Um, I ask myself, like, where am I uncomfortable right now? Because if I'm experiencing discomfort, I'm sure that there's someone that's going to watch this, that if I talk about it, it's going to help them, you know? And so one of the storylines that has come up through our show is actually the loss of one of my best friends. He and I met 13 years ago when we both moved to New York City. And many people would say, Oh, maybe keep that private grief to yourself, you know. Mm. And I'm like, No, because I know that there's somebody that's watching this TV show that is going to be grieving loss, whether that's the loss of a partner or a friend or a business or a dream, you
1: know. That's mm. so true. You also mentioned waiting on decisions uh through through this taking back the house should it, it took you time to identify those right people because they just hadn't landed in front of you right and i think uh, as entrepreneurs and just people in general we try to force decisions that that we think we need to decide on quickly what what has your experience been on just waiting oh tristan <laughs>
0: <laughs> you better get out of my business today. Get out of my business. Nobody told you to come up into my into my uh, into my drawers like that. I'm knocking. I'm knocking. Listen, you know, I when I first opened our company in 2016, I am a very driven and ambitious person and with that i think because i don't come from a family with money you're constantly running Right. You're constantly hustling. You're constantly just like, I never want to be poor again. I never want to miss a bill again. Right. And so that was like 2016, Robert. And so that version of a CEO was highly reactionary, you know, was highly, oh my gosh, okay, I gotta make a decision now. My gut says, and it's like, okay. However, you get real tired of that real quick, you know? And I during the pandemic it it all of those reactionary decisions just accelerated even more because you're trapped in the house you know and when we started this year top of 2022 it dawned on me I was like I cannot continue on like this like it it doesn't physically feel good over the holidays of 2021 I thought that I was sick, you know, I took a COVID test two times a day, completely negative. It was exhaustion. I was like, why can I not get out of this bed? And it was like, no, you just ran yourself literally into the ground, bud, you know? And it was all because of an inability to trust process and to trust that sometimes the answer is, I don't have an answer for you right now but I will be back in touch, you know? And I think we live in such an age of of immediacy and information that we feel we need to run our companies in the same way. We do not. (laughs) It's why you've committed to owning a small business, you know, and I have truly started to lean into patience. Even the decision to, I'm going to close Broadway Collective at the end of this year And so it's like closing one company while you're starting another. Once you're like six years in, you got your marketing funnels in, you know how to close your sales, you know? So there's a certain reoccurring revenue I'm used to in one company. However, this new company, I'm like, oh, whoa, that's right. I forgot what it's like to start at a list of zero people, you know? And it's like, okay, you're going to need to really settle into practicing what you preach to your clients of like patience. And if you build it step by step, by step, by step, they will come. They did before. So I know they will now, however, it's going to take a little time and that's okay.
1: Mm, I like that, man. I like that discovery, that self-discovery mm-hmm. process. You right, know and what I love how... the... Tell me therapy. <laughs> I bet it did so. Let's go into that. What Yeah. What type of therapy is it? Actual therapy, friends, family? What? What is it, a combination?
0: Yeah. So um, therapy for me, I have always had a life coach or I've always been or always had a business coach. I'm always in someone's mastermind. I love learning. Like I freaking love being a student. If I could just sit at my desk all day and like audit classes across the world, I would be the happiest person in the world. Um, And so I love information in that way. However, when I burnt myself out at the end of last year, I was like, okay, I know that it's past time. It's pastime with some letters, with someone with some letters behind their name that can really talk to me about my patterns, you know, because the pattern of burnout is something that it was not its first time of me seeing it, you know, like it wasn't the first time. It was just the first time that it physically hurt. And I'm like, I am too young to be hurting, you know, (laughs) to, to really have like, put myself in a bed essentially. And so I was on the phone with our director of operations and he said, listen, I have to hold you accountable. You said that you were going to start therapy a couple of months ago. And I don't see that appointment on your books yet. And I'm like, But like, I love people in my corner that support me that are not yes people that hold me accountable, that truly say, because like, for real, like, I don't want a team of yes people that are just like, yes, you're amazing. No, hold me accountable. Like really help me, you know, I think there's a way to hold someone accountable, like in a way that feels like love and support and kindness. And that's exactly what he did. And so he said, he said, what? What has been hard? And I said, honestly, I don't know where to begin. He said, well, last I checked, you have a lot of Instagram followers. Ask some of them, hey, who do you work with? You know? And I was like, okay. So that's what I did. I put a post <laughs> up and I was like,
1: hey. Wait. Robert, that's the question. Like, what scares me today?
0: How was, yes. was it? That was it? That's it. Yeah. And I was, sh- Tristan, the <laughs> way that I was so shook putting that post up but I know that not only did it help me, it helped other people because it's like, okay, if we ask for restaurant recommendations around what can nourish our tummies, why the hell can't we ask for what nourishes our emotional wellness, our mental wellness? Like it, it it's like, It's past the time of like these topics, like being taboo and things that we can't talk about. No, let's talk about it. Because if I don't talk about it, these posts that you like and love will no longer be, because I'm going to literally work myself into an early grave,
1: you know? That's true. That's very true. Uh, I talked to, I don't know if you remember, P90X. You remember P90X? You remember Tony Horton? Okay. Yes. I talked to Tony Horton. And he talked about how he went through burnout and just recently, like four years ago, and it, it killed him physically. And uh he said, I, I, I had to just rediscover what I love, what I love to do, what's my passion, and take breaks a lot more, right? And, and I thought that's that's awesome. And now he has a journal of the things he loves doing, and he knows when he's feeling it, he goes out and does that stuff. What about you? Like, how how are you keeping burnout at bay because there are some days I'm feeling like, oh, I know what that is. (laughs) I'm familiar with you, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
0: How
1: how do you cope with it? Because it's there.
0: Yeah. You know, I believe in the power of writing it down. When I was a kid, I would have all of these journals and I would write down plans, you know, like there was, I had this one dream, <laughs> Tristan, of wanting to be a professional Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey circus That's cool. clown. Okay. Oh, cool. That's yes. I wanted to be a clown. There's actually a picture of this on my Instagram and I wrote out a budget report. I think I was probably 10 or 11 years old of exactly how much money it was going to cost me to like up my magic act. Right. So I needed like $130 or something. And so I was like, okay, great. Because I need some new makeup and I needed like a new wig, a new clown wig. Like, I mean, I had this like all written out. And then I was like, okay, great. I didn't know that I was doing this, but at 10, 11 years old, I was already reverse engineering. Cash flow opportunity, right? Not cash flow problems, not cash flow crisis, cash flow opportunity. I needed $130. How do I make $130? I would go to the pizza, the Pizza Hut. I don't know if you remember those, but I would go to the Pizza Hut on Saturdays and I would blow balloons up for people and I would face paint. And it was like, I knew I could make like $40 in tips each one of those Saturdays. So, like, three, four Saturdays in, Baby Boo Bear over here had his new makeup and wigs and costumes for, you know, to take my magic show to the next, the next (laughs) level. And it's like, it's that same, again, honoring that inner child, right? Like that same little boy, he's still in me. And it's like, okay, what, there are things that he did, some maladaptive behaviors that I'm learning in therapy that I can honor and think and let go. But there are also some incredible tools that he learned as a boy who like that wanted to live a wealthy life. And so one of them is the art and the practice of writing it down because discipline is remembering what we want. So when I had that realization over the summer of, okay, wow. We closed one comp we're closing one company, we're opening another, it's going a little slower. However, we're still making it every month and it's happening, and we see we see the numbers rising every single month. How do I avoid burnout? It is going back to the plan. Both Dallin, our director of operations, and I said, What do we desire more in our next fiscal year? And it's white space. Because I want to write a book. I want to be able to go on a book tour. I want to be able to go on the press junket tour for my TV show and not feel like I'm leaving my business behind. So we said, hey, how about we work 90 days and then we take 30 days off? So we created all of our programs for 2023 to allow us to market and deliver and tie up within 90 days, so that the 30 days, we can go write our book, we can go on the press tour, we can go do whatever those activities and those dreams are that we want. And so or we can go rest, (laughs) you know, like, it doesn't always have to be filled with work. And so for, for me, in this moment of avoiding burnout, it's like, I really am committing more to my no. There are some projects that I said yes to at the top of the year and I've pulled out of them, right? And it's like, hey, that's hard financially to say no to finances, but it's like, no, I'm saying yes to, I don't want to be in the bed in December like I was last December, right? And so I think just continuing to go back to the plan and remember what did I write down?
1: I like that, man. So writing things down, archie. Yeah. Writing, I love that. Yeah. What's the book about?
0: Ah, uh, great question. So the book is going to be a collection of stories from my childhood around the idea of a space for young people to be themselves like my parents mm-hmm. are divorced parents however they really allowed young robert to go to go to theater classes even when my dad's into sports and my mom's a scientist they didn't know anything about theater but they really allowed <laughs> me nothing tristan yeah. but That's they crazy. allowed Yeah, they allowed me to dream and they allowed me to fail. They allowed me to like not get the part that I want, but still like have to grapple with like picking my head up and going back in there and auditioning again, you know, moving to New York City with no money and just like figuring it out, you know? And so it's going to be about also renovation because right now I'm renovating a home, right? And so it's like parts of us, Do we need to allow the walls to come down so that we can rebuild? And so a part of that is like my journey to therapy, my journey to building this one business, closing it and starting another, you know? But I think at the core of it, it's about following that dream and allowing yourself space to Mm -hmm. dream a new dream when the other you're done with. (laughs)
1: Dude, that, that's, that's pretty deep because I spoke with Mike Evans, he created Grubhub. Mm -hmm. So, and a good portion of our conversation revolved around quitting. And he said that we don't talk enough about quitting and it being okay. And going through that process, how did you identify that it was time to move on with your current business? And, yeah. and how did you cope with that?
0: That's a great question because I'm still currently coping. <laughs> I love you know? the realness, man. That's- yeah. Still coping, yeah. you know, because like I said, at seven years old, I said, I want to be on Broadway. This is what I want to do with my life. I went to school for it. I moved to New York City. I did it professionally for 10 years. I opened a company, taught young people to do it for six years. Like that was my identity, you know, up until 30 years old. Like that was all I was. That's what everyone knew me as. And so it is, it's a grieving process and you have to give yourself the opportunity to grieve, you know? And so Some days I'm very sad about it. Some days I am joyful about it. But the one thing I've never been is I've never questioned it because I believe in life. You have to move where the calling is, because if you don't, you'll miss the move. And everything in my life I have felt called to. Like I felt goosebumps when I walked into that theater at seven years old, I felt like my world had shifted the day that I moved to New York city and had literal no money in my bank account and $200 in cash. And that was it. That's all I had to my name. Right. And so it feels very spiritual in a way of like, Hey, when the calling says, Hey, go help entrepreneurs in storytelling, Versus continuing to be connected to this version of you that you've outgrown. And I will always love Broadway and always respect my time that I got to be in that world. And also, I am really freaking excited to build something new. And to help new people and to challenge myself. When I'm not challenged, when I don't see creative problems, <laughs> you know, like I get real bored and real restless and I
1: just start breaking things. <laughs> you're like, that doesn't work. That doesn't work. And then you're like, oh man, what's wrong? Something's yeah. wrong.
0: With- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I yeah.
1: I know the feeling. Yeah. How do you pay attention to? that inner feeling like it's time to move on or that's the opportunity because I feel like that's clouded for a lot of people.
0: Mm. I think finding as many opportunities to feel and see the green light. For instance, when I came to the decision of closing Broadway Collective I just needed to then see the green light. So I got up on a stage at an event and I told my story of how, when I told my story about purchasing this home, not thinking anything of it, some of my wildest dreams came, right? Like, a book deal, a a TV show, a, you know, all of these things came from telling this story on Instagram, you know, like going viral came from storytelling. And so I got on stage and simply did that. And from that, that's how, you know, we made, I, 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 that's how we made our first cohort of strength on stages. You know, we sold out within days simply from telling a story. I didn't even have a sales page. I literally had a payment link. (laughs) I literally was like, listen to this story. And here's where you can make your deposit and come and join me in New (laughs) York City, you know? And that's how it happened is like just, and so when I start to feel those moments of like, okay, what's going on? I just start to see how can I go hunting for more green lights, right? And that was a green light moment. There are moments where, and sometimes it's not always going to be financial. It's not always going to be material. It won't always be tangible. Sometimes it will be a feeling. So when we had our first group of entrepreneurs come to New York City to work with us at Strength on Stages, I remember then in that moment, I was like, didn't even realize I was looking for a green light, but it just showed itself. The first time that a client just like broke down in tears And the storytelling, because I kept saying, this is not the truth. You're telling me a version of the truth that you want your clients to hear. But I don't believe who you're speaking to. That client broke down and then it came out. I like I've spent my life on the stage directing, choreographing, performing. So I can see when people are BSing. It's very clear and very easy for me to sniff dog poop. Okay. And so this client ended, ends up breaking down and saying, this isn't the business I want to build. And I said, bingo, there we go. Amazing. And then we started to talk about what they did want to build. They lit up and are launching that company now. Right. And it's like, that's a green light for me because it's like amazing through the power of storytelling and asking someone to investigate the truth and to go in on that and that and that and that they burnt a business down that was no longer serving them yet making the money. However, like building something that like lights them up, which I believe is a calling.
1: Yeah. I like that whole process, man. Do you in storytelling? Do you find that it's composed on certain steps or, because, because I find that a lot of, a lot of people that are trying to tell a story, like we go back to the very beginning of our conversation, they they seem to be showing up as the person they think they need to show up as, mm-hmm. right? And so how do you break that down so that people can tell a story that actually connects with people. How how do yeah. we do that? Have you broken it down?
0: Yeah. So there are a few different frameworks that we use in our work at Strength on Stages, and the first is identifying their signature story. And I'll give you a, a little backstory on what a signature story is. But identifying their signature story has a framework. Writing their signature story has a framework rehearsing their signature story has a framework. And a signature story truly is one that activates an audience to action, point blank. I think a signature story can be simple. It can be quiet. It doesn't have to erupt. A signature story can be two minutes, 300 words, right? However, it must have a clear call to action. So I always ask clients to really figure out what do you want them to do? And then I get clear about who is it that you're talking to? Because when you can see the eyes of who it is that you're talking to, your voice changes, your physicality changes, how you put pen to paper and and formulate the words changes. And then from there... That's when we ask three very simple questions. What happened? What did you learn? And what do you want them to do? Wow. And when you can get that framework together. It's like, it then takes literal 30 seconds before you go on an Instagram live. <laughs> you know, it takes 30 seconds to like go through and pinpoint those few things before you get on primetime news and have an interview that could change the trajectory of your business. You know,
1: I like that. So what happened? Tell me, tell me what happened. That's so easy. A word to start, man. And then we overthink it. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, and then what do you want them to do? Like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that what do you want them to do also goes deeper into how you want them to feel too, right?
0: Mm -hmm. Which is why I really ask people to be as honest in part one as they can, because there is something about the emotional aspect of bearing that people lean forward. And they're like, oh, me too. I've been there. Or they have a friend that has been through that. And so there is this empathetic thread that we all begin to feel. And I mean, there's a science to it, you know? And then from there, really honing in on what did you learn? Because it then shows people, you didn't just go through this to go through this. You went through this to get the lesson. And now the lesson is going to ask and require of you to do something. And so whether again, that is Book a discovery call with me or join me at this conference or get on my newsletter list or give yourself a hug. You know, sometimes the call to action is has nothing to do with business, you know, but I think when we do know what we want people to do, it just makes everything
1: clear. That's pretty genius that that simple but. Deep and complicated process. So I'm always, I'm always amused in in a a great way of how people like you, who have been through a process, can break it down so simply. And it's complicated, man. But you made it look so smooth. I'm like, it can't be that easy. (laughs) And I'm like, holy cow, this is so good. That's this is really good, man. Because I'm thinking now, at different, to applying it to different parts. So, businesses, right? Uh, I'm talking about just real estate agents, uh, insurance people, mortgage people, entrepreneurs. This, what happened? Be honest. I love that. Yes, just be honest. Cut the bullshit. Mm-hmm. Right. What did you learn? Because mm-hmm. what what you learned is it plays key into. What do you want them to do next? This mm-hmm. is this is beautiful.
0: And you know, it's like, or, or you can go another way, right? You can bring your slide deck. You can bring your 100-page PDF. Or you can tell a story. So one of the things I do is work with venture capitalist founders and sit down with them and really talk about their why. Talk about their story, you know? And not just that work with their investors. Like these folks that are trying to get funding you, again, you can bring your slide deck or you can simply tell your story because these folks that are looking to invest, trust me, they've seen a hundred slide decks today. However, if you tell a simple story that is rooted in authenticity and who you are and why you're there, like, I think you're going to get some conversion (laughs) that, It's quite through the roof if you let it.
1: Is this this where you are starting your new business at? Like are you going on social and telling this story and and reattracting a different audience and and the same audience? Is this is this what you're doing?
0: Um, that's a beautiful question. So right now what I'm doing is focusing one on the TV show and and finishing that home renovation out. However, I am doing a lot of virtual speaking. So going to different virtual events and telling my signature story. And when I tell that signature story, I invite people to then apply to work with me at Strength On Stages. And from there, that's how we're getting our clients. And that's how we're getting more referrals for more people to join our program and having a wait list. And so So that to me feels like fun (laughs) because I love meeting people. I love talking to folks. Um, Don't get me wrong. I love launches. Like I, I really do nerd out on launches and the strategy and the delivery However, I find a lot more joy in coming to sit in a virtual room with people and telling them a story and then saying, I can help you do this as well.
1: I like that. Do you then, I want to know how you take them to that next step for that, for them deciding to work with you or your organization. Is it a QR code that you pop up? Is it, hey, text me, go visit me on Instagram? What does that look like?
0: Yeah, so I invite them to strengthonstages.com forward slash apply and our application is there and I love in an application to really figure out what is it that you want because I want to make sure that your desires are exciting. I want to make sure that like I'm lighting up about where it is that you want to go Um, and then I also ask like, where are they currently struggling, you know, and I want to make sure that I can help people, (laughs) you know, and then from there we're either accepting or we're denying, um, and not denying, but rerouting because some people simply aren't ready for that level of support and that's fine, you know? Um, and then from there we, we then start to work with people, but That's it's so like, great. yeah, I, I love like the, uh, I love the application model because it it and also just too. protects you, you know,
1: from burnout you. too.
0: Yeah, from burnout and from folks. Like, I'm not kidding. There's an energetic presence when you're reading applications and there are folks that are ready to throw you their money and i'm like you can keep that you can literally <laughs> keep keep your coins because i am not interested in in the circus that you are about to take me through.
1: <laughs> i know what you mean all right yeah. well are you gonna do anything for halloween what's it gonna look like
0: Oh my gosh. Okay. So Halloween for me this year looks like sitting on the couch and I am watching, (laughs) I am obsessed with like historical dramas on Netflix. And there's a new one, The Empress, and it gives me severe anxiety Mm -hmm. when I watch it. Um, And I have the final episode tonight. And so I will be doing that. Um, But no, I'm like keeping it low key because October was like a huge delivery month for me. And so November is going to be a little more gentle, more time in the house. And so, yeah, Halloween will be quite quiet.
1: Nice. The empress. I love it. All right. And where, where would people go and follow you? And find out more about what you do.
0: Yeah, people can find me on Instagram at Sir Robert Takes Picks.
1: Got you. I just followed you.
0: Amazing. I will absolutely follow Robert, you back.
1: I got you there. Robert, this was, this was great, man. I Look, I take notes, but you gave me... I usually take two pages of notes. I got four pages of notes from you. <laughs> and... There's a couple of things that stood out. I'm gonna tell uh-huh. you so people listen. What scares me today? That is one question I'm gonna to add to my questions that I ask because sometimes I'm kind of scared to ask myself what's scaring me today, right? Uh-huh. Because I'm scared of the response, and then I'm scared of where it's gonna lead me. Uh-huh. So that that's a powerful question. And then you made me, you give me the feels when when you said. Um, in, you're continuing to say yes to the little boy that wants to continue to play because i'm like Mm -hmm. did i did i stop that right Mm -hmm. so yeah i'm feeling it right now dude
0: Mm, thank you tristan you are so special thank you for this
1: thanks brother i appreciate this thank you so much
0: of course and i'm i can't wait to follow you and it looks like you're gonna have a festive halloween tonight (laughs) yeah
1: i will i will
0: yeah all right take care friend Those are all the brilliant thoughts that we have for you today. If you like what you're hearing, drop us a review or just tell your friends. This has been a success podcast. Head to success.com slash podcast to hear more just like it.